Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, James Williams here, co-host for the Believe in UCLA football podcast. This is episode three. Looking forward to another great episode today. And of course, as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. Um, Josh, you, you made a, a trip recently, so you're no longer in the States, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, how are things going where you're at? How was, how was the trip? Yeah, so for those who don't know, I'm currently playing in the CFL for the BC Lions. I'm out here in um, Kamloops, British Columbia. Um, just finished uh, rookie minicamp and now awaiting to see what happens with this uh, CBA deal mm -hmm. between the CFL and the CFLPA. So until then, I mean, guys are still training and getting ready for hopefully a, a full season this year. So have time to talk UCLA football, so. That's right. And that's what we're here to do uh, today. So obviously always a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to UCLA football. Um, and let's just, let's just jump right into it. Right. You were a former linebacker and I think there's no better place to start than at linebacker with some of the different changes that have just happened. Um, I feel like just over the last, I guess it's been like two or three months and just <clears throat> someone who covered the team last year, I had, um, some expectations of what this linebacker core was going to look like coming back for this season, especially when you hear guys like um, Mitchell Goode, who is kind of like an in-between defensive line, or I guess I call him an edge rusher, but can, can kind of play a few different spots there on defense. And then you have a guy like Caleb Johnson. Um, so both Ogude and Johnson came in together uh, about a year or two after you left. Both of them are IE guys from the Inland Empire. And um, both of them came from the, the JUCO route, more or less, um, transferred in together. And you think that that's going to be a nice little force coming back again and taking advantage of, of that year of eligibility they had. Um, but both of them are at Miami now. <laughs> so they uh, followed or transferred, whatever, Mario Cristobal's over there. So they went over to Miami as well. Um, and a lot of that... In, uh, including the Mitchell Gude news kind of came out where he announced he was going to transfer the same day as UCLA gets a new defensive coordinator. Obviously you're familiar with, you're pretty familiar with Jerry as who was the defensive coordinator for most of your time there, or at least some of your time there. Um, because I know you went through a coaching change while you were there, but yeah, Jerry as is no longer there. People can say how that, that ended. Um, but yeah, everyone's everyone. It seems like there's there was a lot of change on on the coaching staff for defense, but yeah, let, let's just let's just hop into linebacker and with a guy like Caleb Johnson, who I had kind of had the expectation he was going to be the starter um, along there with maybe a Bo Calvert and and maybe you know and that could have changed. Obviously, um, it looks like the new starting linebacker, at least middle linebacker, is going to be um, Darius Moasu. Who, who is actually a little familiar with UCLA. He played against them when he was with Hawaii in the season opener last year. He had 10 tackles, and I think he had like a pass deflection as well. Um, he transfers in um, not long after the season ended. A lot of guys transferred out of Hawaii with that whole situation they had over there with their yeah. coach. Um, so uh, they get some linebacker depth there, and, and you think everything's going to be all great. And um, 
again, that's a, this is the dangerous part of, of transferring. I just want to lay out Darius' story here a little bit. He comes in to UCLA, comes to Westwood, and you know he sees the defensive coordinator get changed. He sees the linebacking coach change, and um, you know you get now Bill McGovern in as your defensive coordinator. You have Ken Norton Jr., uh, the former UCLA football stud, come in as your linebacking coach, and. Then he all, and then again, you see Caleb Johnson leave. So it's, it's pretty, you know, even playing field for everybody, including a guy like Darius, who's going to come in and, and, you know, you're always going to at least have the expectation. There's a fair opportunity, but there's really a fair opportunity for everyone on this defense. Um, So with that being said, Josh, someone who's, you know, kind of been there during this chip Kelly tenure, where do you think, what, what is Chip Kelly looking for in a linebacker? Does he have any say or, or not say, of course he has say, but how involved is he with the defense? Does he have like, this guy's the linebacker I want manning my defense or like where, where is he involved in the defense and, and, and how, how involved do you think he's going to be with making sure this defensive line, this, this uh, linebacking core can kind of come along the way that it needs to for this season. When it comes to recruiting defensive players I think for Chip it's it's more so the things that he's looking for are you know character Mm -hmm. personality how good of a student how good of a teammate those are the aspects I feel like Chip's looking for in defensive players and defensive leaders but as far as like their play style and their measurements and those type of things I think those are solely on the defensive coordinator and position coaches as far as I know when they when they came in, they came in kind of more with the Philadelphia Eagles style of how they evaluated players by size, weight, measurements, um, 40, like split, like your play style and the way you measure out is mm-hmm. how they they kind of did it the same way that they assess guys at the combine. So depending on your measurements and, and what your capabilities might be is where is how they de- you know, depend on what position you're going to be. Um, so I believe with the new defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, he was with the Eagles. Yeah, he, he spent some time with, uh, so Bill McGovern, the new defensive coordinator, spent some time with Chip Kelly and Jerry Azanero. Um, I think he's like way back in, like he's kind of close in the same age as Jerry Azanero. Um, mm-hmm. which was which was a little maybe disappointing to some people who were maybe expecting a, a younger younger guy to kind of come in in that role. But um, he's even crossed paths with Jerry Azanero like way back in the day, like early on in their coaching career. So some people are afraid there's a little bit of similarity there. But is there anything that you've seen on tape that maybe will show otherwise? It's still early. It's still spring. So it's hard. Yeah, to- like watching the spring showcase, um, you see some some defensive similarities. I mean, it- mm-hmm. And there's only so much that you can change in defense as far as your style of, you know, are you going to go more traditional nickel looks with 4-2 with a nose? Are you going to take the nose out, put your defense or your outside linebackers a defensive end? You know, are you going to have bigger bodies? Are you going to go more with the speed rush look? Um, are you going to go more NFL style, more 4-3? You know, but I mean, with with Coach Az, um, we had the, you know, the three, four, the three, four look, and then and nickel take out the nose and bring down your outside linebackers defensive end. So um, for the most part, I mean, it looked pretty similar mm-hmm. to what we were used to. Um, 
guys flying around. I mean, of course, they're not going to put all their exotic looks right. and pressures in a spring showcase that's mm-hmm. nationally televised. So, again, we don't know what – I mean, what the defense is going to be fully capable of. And also, like you're saying, like with, with people coming and going and these co- – I mean, coaches coming and going. Yeah. This staff, mm-hmm. this staff is pretty much all new. A lot of them haven't worked with each other before, right? So it's kind of like they have to kind of get in sync. They have to know they need to get together as a group and learn whatever defense Bill McGovern is going to bring to the table, right? Like that's first things first. Yeah. And and obviously, um, Ken Orn Jr. was a defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. So he's going to have, you know, the Legion of Boom and all that. So he's going to have some sort of, I don't want to say, you know, the full influence, whatever, but he's going to, you know, he's going to bring some things to the table. Brian Norwood, who's, probably the only remaining defensive staffer that i can think of and he's only been there and he's only been there a a year or two yeah yeah so so it's it's a lot of change a lot of turnover and and again that's just the coaching staff right but now you're talking about players being gone mitchell gude um uh johnson caleb johnson um we just had who is it odawa Isabor just committed to Cal. He transferred. Um, I think you said Elijah Gidry had, had entered the portal at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch of different guys, right? And and that comes with with coaching changes and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine yeah, – that, is there? That, that's why I'm interested to see mm-hmm. if because of the yes. defense that, that he chose to implement, if that is why guys are leaving mm-hmm. or if guys are leaving solely on – what they think is best for them and yeah. off the field NIL, like mm-hmm. those kind of contributions to their decision. So that looking at, looking at the tape, like, I mean, I, we wish that we still had those guys out there mm-hmm. and they could, I mean, all those guys are athletes and are capable of playing in any style mm-hmm. most likely. So I don't know what factored into, into their decision, but I mean, it's now open opportunities, like you said, for guys to come in, or young guys to to come in and get a shot right away. Yeah, and, and like, that's the interesting thing. So, like, well, I, I was going to say maybe you weren't in this situation, but actually I guess you were when you have a defensive coordinating change. Um, I, who was your defensive coordinator before Jerry Azanero? Do you remember? Uh, Tom Bradley. Tom Bradley, okay. So what was that like when, like, a Jerry Azanero comes in and, like, how early – like, when do you know – the defense is going to change if it is changing because like, again, I'm thinking of, I, I use the Mitchell Gude example of like, he announces he's going to transfer the same day they announce a new defensive coordinator. Now, obviously there had to have been him entering the transfer portal prior to this coaching announcement and all that. But like, you know, how early do you find out, Hey, this is the defense he likes to run, or this is the defense we are going to run. Like, when did you find that out about Jerry Azanero? And is there enough time to make decisions on transferring? I know the transfer rules may have been a little different for you then, but. Yeah. I mean, I've even seen guys declare for the draft because of coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that recently or not recently, but I saw that in my time UCLA, even on offense with a new coordinator, I've seen guys just be like, I'm not going to fit in this system that right. and the philosophies that they're bringing in. So my best bet on me is to enter mm-hmm. the um, draft now rather than, me try to learn and play in a system that I don't fit right. in and then, and then put, it, that on, put that on tape that yes. I can't do this, mm-hmm. this and that, you know, and then your so, stock lowers or something like that. Right? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, for me, I knew when 
Coach Pelham was getting interviewed, me and a few of the other mm-hmm. linebackers were upstairs and we we ran into him. And imme- <laughs> immediately I knew I was like, oh, we're gonna run something like Oregon's defense. Right. Like we're not we're 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 dropping the, you know, this this tradition the more NFL style four three and we're mm-hmm. gonna go three four. Um because when I first came into UCLA, um it was Tom Bradley's first year because mm-hmm. Coach Obrick had just left. So we had some three, four defense and we slowly kind of moved to more four, three looks like gradually. Right. So I had been used to playing in both styles, but when coach as came in with their philosophies and as far as how they see guys, like I said, but they, they choose positions by measurements and Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, like even I got moved to outside linebacker a spot that I was familiar with, but I didn't think was the best position for me. Even like, even now. So I'm back playing inside linebacker oh, and okay. hmm. people. I mean, I was told by, by coaches, like in the, in the league, you're not going to be a, you know, but I think, like I said earlier in, in last week, um, when it comes to, like a new staff coming in mm-hmm. in college, especially our first years with, with with Coach Kelly was really like before the transfer portal was big, so yeah. we didn't get the reinforcement. So it was pretty much a gamble, right? <laughs> we got to do what we got to use what we have. So I think that's what they did in situations like moving me outside because it's like we we need to to use all that we have and whoever can adjust and learn the you know the faster yeah yeah so it's like putting putting guys that can figure it out rather than just yeah so we'll see with the with this new defense right whether it's based on the personnel and mm -hmm. why decisions are being made or you know yeah no i think that's a good point and again so it's like you you really can't get picky considering some of the guys that have left but when you guys, when you have some of the guys that have come in or that have stayed, like a Bo Calvert, for example, or again, just talking about Darius here, who came in from Hawaii, he had 108 tackles, uh, seven sacks, and five forced fumbles last season for Hawaii. Um, for the second straight year in a row, he was also named an All Mountain West Conference first team player. And yeah, so I mean, not bad right if you have that coming in you have a bull calvert coming in or staying like like we mentioned um that that makes things a little you you can feel you sleep a little better at night maybe knowing you have some experience there at that position um again uh, another thing that you know maybe we've kind of talked about a little bit before and, and we're aware of is um the former alabama transfer who came in um before last season and that's brandon alecajo um he's been he was seen in at least the end of march wearing a boot and riding a scooter um a knee scooter we saw that quite a bit with some guys this past season but yeah uh, something with the right foot right leg um missing time during the spring haven't heard too much about it and maybe we won't again until they start camp up again but losing him he was another guy i had some pretty high expectations for um, just in just with the fact of of who they were losing on that linebacking core, how involved he was in the defense and on special teams already. Um, I kind of had him in as like, okay, this is a guy who's now going to get his shine and get his opportunity to be that full-time guy. When you have Jordan Jen Markeith, 
and uh, some of those other guys kind of moving on because of graduation or um, finished eligibility, eligibility and all that stuff. But um, yeah, well, that's something we got to keep an eye out for. I mean, they can have Ali Caho come back and again, Bo Calvert and uh, Darius, just name a few. I think, I think they'll be in some good shape. Is there any other linebackers that come to mind that maybe I'm mentioning, mentioning, or you're familiar with, if not, um, that's okay. There's a few other positions that we definitely uh, want to get want to touch on here. I'm trying to think if there's anybody. There definitely uh, is. There probably is. I don't have I don't have my old depth chart in front. Actually, I do. Kane Madrano. Kane Madrano. Good Kane old Kane Madrano. Forgot about has an Kane opportunity I think to. He does too. I think he does too. He was getting to, involved quite a bit. I think. Yeah. Ever since I mean, ever since last he, year, whenever you make a major change like that, I mean, from receiver to linebacker or really any position change yeah. switching to the side of the ball. Mm-hmm. The coaches are pretty much telling you, like, we think this is your best bet for your future and to play. So mm-hmm. to make a decision like that, I think you're betting on yourself, but also the coaches are betting on you. And the expectation is for you to play. Yeah. You know, so I think for him, this could be a big year for him to step up and get more plays, be, in the, be higher mm-hmm. in the rotation, hopefully starting. Because other than outside of that, like the experience wise, there's not too many guys in the room. Yeah, you're you're right, because you had Miles Jackson, who had also transferred transferred early, very early. And, you know, I thought him transferring because I thought Mitchell Gude was going to the NFL. I'm thinking, okay, you still got Miles and then Miles goes first. And then you're like, what? Okay, well, Mitchell's coming back and then you don't have Mitchell. Um do, are you do you know if Carl Jones is coming back? I'm pretty sure Carl Jones, Carl Jones is, is back. back right? Um, but again, I think it depends on the defense that they're running. If That's they're running, exactly. if That's they're true. running traditional NFL mm-hmm. nickel four, two, four, three, your defensive ends are big body defensive ends. But mm-hmm. if you're running the three, four or more style, those outsides are more linebacker athletic bodies. And then that takes Bo from the inside to put them outside. That takes Carl to the outside and then your depth inside is going to be even less, but it, I mean, it depends like watching the spring showcase. Mm-hmm. I saw those guys more outside a yeah. lot of times up on the ball. So it's good to have the guys that can play in multiple positions. So it will be interesting to see when it does get into the season, who's who and where, and where they are on the field, guys that have had experience being inside and outside and just what the personality of this defense is going to be right. with this defensive coordinator and w- what he likes to do um, as far as his blitz packages, his coverages, how he rolls guys through with Coach Coach As And what was a recruiting point to me when I was getting recruited to go to Oregon by Coach, Coach Don Pelham mm-hmm. was the way that they substitute. It's more yes. of, as we see, it's like, in the past few years, you saw the defense has been like kind of like a hockey rotation. Yeah. And the far. offense did a little bit of that too. But um, yeah, oh, the O line. Like, yeah, yeah, the, the O line. Yes. Mm-hmm. Starters, starters were getting um, about 60 to 80% of snaps. Second mm-hmm. string guys could get around 30 to, to 15. Mm-hmm. And then you might get a few guys that are getting five to 10% of the snaps. And then, I mean, for the most part, some of the guys like Chris Barnes was in as long as he could hold. Yeah. I was in as long mm-hmm. as I could, could withstand. Um, also, Diggs, was, 
try to hold him on as yeah. long as he could. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, still everybody was rotated in at least a few series a game, which is completely different to the style I was in before um, under Coach Moore and Tom Bradley is the starters. When you're a starter, you're a starter. When you're a starter, when you're, you're, a starter, a starter. you're a finisher too, right? Yeah, you're, like you're, you're, going you're on you the field. Yeah as long like the whole you're playing every snap unless it's like a blowout mm-hmm. or blowout either way win or lose blowout right. you might get you know they might let some other guys get cleanup time but when you're a starter you stay on the field so yeah it'd be interesting to see this defensive coordinator style as far as how he plays guys and rotates now is do you think is there because one that just as someone who covered him from a media standpoint like I noticed that some of the other media guys noticed that and the way they would rotate guys and stuff. And I think we've even talked to Chip about it, but Chip only tell us so much. But do, is that a point made there? Because you look at you look at the secondary, for example, right? When mm-hmm. you lose Quentin Lake, uh, Quantrez Knight, um, I'm, I'm Obi Ebo, a bunch of different guys with experience, a bunch of guys who transferred in. They were like grad transfers as it was as as it was coming in super seniors you lose guys like that but you still have a Stephen Blaylock uh a Devin Kirkwood who's only a sophomore but played quite a bit last yeah, year showed, showed up last year and you had Kenny Churchwell and who's a redshirt senior and then fifth year uh guy Mo Osling like all those guys were names I'm familiar with all those guys were pretty much starters as, as far as that you know what I mean like there was times where I think Quentin Lake was out and Kenny Churchwell was starting so it's like does that rotation or that hockey mentality of, of getting bodies in, even if it's like 10, 15, 20% of the snaps, is there a point being made by Kelly that you're kind of raising that next crop too? Because I looked at I, all four of those guys that I named on the secondary. I'm like, Oh yeah, those are all experienced guys. Right. But mm-hmm. when you consider like how many names that I mentioned that left, like you still feel kind of good about the experience that's there. And do you think that's that benefits them is something Kelly makes a point of, of having done um, just because you kind of have that experience, you still, you're, you're bringing yeah, back yeah. experience instead of just yeah. like, I mean, a partial of that is development, but mm-hmm. the main thing I think that's emphasized to us in these rotations is keeping you fresh. Mm-hmm. It's a long season yeah. and you don't want to wear guys out. Cause I mean, I, I felt that going mm-hmm. from kind of being a rotation guy to being a true starter mm-hmm. into my third year, I felt the wear and tear midway through the season, mm-hmm. whereas rotating, you do want to be out there and get your flow. Like you don't want to, it, you don't want to over rotate, but having, you know, a few, few, like a series out mm-hmm. and being able to, to, you know, recovering your energy when, <clears throat> when you're going against the offensive line, that's not rotating. Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, fresh legs yeah. and a fresh body rolling in there. You get the advantage. And especially with the, with the season being as long as it is, you can't expect to play every down mm-hmm. going into week 11, you know? Yeah. So especially, you know, kids' bodies, you know, from the ages of my first game being at age 17 to yeah, right. guys, guys now, some of the super seniors could be up mm-hmm. 23, maybe 24, depending on what school you're going to and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of wear and tear playing every down. So the rotational thing, it does help in that aspect of keeping guys fresh as long as possible. And another uh, pair of guys that I think are worth mentioning, we talked a little bit about the pass rush earlier and, and um, maybe however this 
you know, new defense may work out um, in terms of with the linebackers. But there, there's a pair of twins in Gabriel and Gabriel and Grayson Murphy, um, a, a pair of defensive ends. They're twins. Um, and I can relate to that because I'm a twin myself. But wow. they they both transferred in from North Texas. And it was pretty much like a, a package deal. Right. And I think um, from some of the media interviews that I heard that they had, um over the last month or so they kind of said like you know i i think they were always just kind of a package deal and and it was just a matter of whatever schools reached out to them and then you know showed similar interests and had the same mindset for both of them and ucla was one of those places they decided on ucla i think i'd heard about these guys a little bit prior to them even coming in to ucla um cam johnson who was another secondary guy who transferred in from North Texas um, a year or two prior, um, they credited him with having some influence on bringing them in and starting that North Texas University to UCLA pipeline there a little bit. But no, uh, I think Chip Kelly has already kind of mentioned he's fairly impressed with those guys and like what he's seen. And I think, um, especially again, you have Mitchell Gude gone, you have Otito gone, you have some other guys on that defensive line. You're, you're probably looking at these two guys. Um, and I'm kind of interested to see how this twin dynamic might work of yeah, these cool. two of these two guys, like knowing each other well, and they're, they're going to bounce off each other. And, and, you know, I want to see them get a sack together. I don't know if they've done it yet um, at North Texas, but I think that'd be a, a cool little thing. But yeah, I think Gabriel Murphy did go down during the spring showcase a little bit, had to be helped off. Um, he didn't look like have an apparent left foot injury. Um, but you know, it's been a couple weeks now, I think, since the spring showcase has even happened. So uh, assuming it was maybe something minor, maybe it's something he'll be able to bounce back for in time for camp. But just wanted to get those guys mentioned, and we'll probably be talking quite a bit more about them. Um, and, I'm, and I'd be real curious to see how Chip Kelly is going to try and tell those two guys apart or say, like, mm -hmm. we're only going to use one of those guys. Like, I would just assume you have to use both of them, right? But um, I'm trying to think if there's, yeah, there, there is another guy I want to talk about. So we're talking about defensive linemen, right? And uh, one of the ones that you're probably pretty familiar with who made a switch over to from defensive line to offensive line is Tyler Manoa. Um, any thoughts on on Tyler, who's who's been around for some time now? Um, and usually I feel like every year there's one of these guys on the defensive line who, who switches over. I think it was Mafi. Um, boss the year before that, there might be one other guy, I think. Ciale, I um, uh, yeah, the other mm -hmm. one, just yeah. a, a little bit about. Um, well, I guess so. I'm just curious, like, and you mentioned, um, Kane Madrano earlier too, of guys who switch from not just position to position, but from one side of the ball to the other. Um, it, it sounds like the expectation would be to try and have Tyler maybe start right away. How do you think he would fare? on on the offensive side of the ball as someone you've worked with prior on that defensive side of the ball before yeah for a guy like like tyler who's really athletic mm -hmm. played o-line and d-line in high school same okay. thing with antonio mafi and both guys that i'm really like friends with and really close with mm -hmm. um i didn't even know he was making that change so i i seen it posted um but like i said he's an athletic big body guy mm -hmm. i think him playing in that tackle position he's going to be really physical in the run because I mean, that's our, that's our style on defense is going forward. So I hope that he's able to translate that to O-line and he's athletic enough to, uh, you know, cover for, for pass rush too. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, like I said, it's that majority. I feel like of the O-line is former mm -hmm. D lineman. It's, it's, At this point. Yeah. 
it's cool to see them all together and the, their mentality as far as they're not pouting about it. They embrace that O-line mm-hmm. culture. Like I said, I've seen it with Boss Aguilar and them just embody all of a sudden like what an offensive lineman look like. And it 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 gives them, I can't lie, it gives them a, a, cer- a certain mentality as yeah. far as coming from defense to offense. I feel like it gives you a different kind of more hungry. You have a different perspective of it, right? Like yes, you kind of yes. know, like if I was the defensive line, like if I had to block myself, this is what I would do or, or just the way that they would approach it. Right. Like, and as far as they see, yeah, they see finishing. I feel like there's more, there's more fights when it's former D lineman on, on offensive <laughs> right. line, because they have the same mentality as the D lineman of like, right. Oh, I got to get mine at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see, like I said, for them to have recommended this, this change is definitely for him to play a lot and potentially hopefully start. And at the end of the day, boost what boost his draft stock of yeah. his future of, his dreams, aspirations to play in the NFL. And I I think it's, it's pretty cool. And for someone like Chip Kelly, again, like we rattled off a few names already where maybe he's aware of, Hey, Tyler played some deep, played some offensive line in high school. Let's try him out there. It seems like that's the same thing that happened with Moffy too. Right. It was kind of, that's one thing. That's one thing I did learn about coach Kelly is they will research. Right. He's going to, he, I'm saying he, he watched even like, my high school tape, once he was at, at um, UCLA, mm-hmm. him and Coach Az watched my high school tape. And, oh, wow. and I didn't know until one day I was upstairs and they were like, oh, you used to play running back. And, and, <laughs> and you used to uh, play, you played outside linebacker in high school, mm-hmm. this and that. You can, I've seen you do this. Like you can, we think you can do this, this and that. And I was just shook that they would even yeah. go back and do the research to even look at something when I'm so, I was like years removed from high school mm-hmm. and like, a com- almost a completely different player at the, at yeah. that point as far right. as like i really have become a linebacker truly uh mm-hmm. and you almost forget you almost forget that you were a running back and then yeah, they bring yeah. it up i mean like, i mean i jo- i used to joke with a coach foster every practice because i always wanted to, the, the miles wanted jack one, huh? i always wanted the miles jack package i always told him <laughs> give me one run on the goal line i just want one so yeah but to, to go back to yeah chip is like i said he's a football guy he studies mm-hmm. it and every decision and everything is calculated. He's not just doing stuff on the fly. So for him to probably recommend to Tyler to move to offensive tackle, mm-hmm. I mean, that decision, he could have been researching and thinking about that decision four years ago. Oh yeah. So, so we'll see how that turns out. And, and I think it, it makes sense considering, first of all, I just want to read some of what Dorian Thompson Robinson, who obviously is the fifth year quarterback and has seen a lot of these different changes from defensive linemen coming over to be offensive linemen. Um, so yeah, here's, he's, he's he been, wants, in, he just, he just wants the, <laughs> the most protection possible. Right. He wants to take at least, at least his, he has to take. Uh, the, it, yeah. And I, and I think maybe having athletic guys like a Tyler could work out because, you know, Dorian's going to move around too. And you're going to need some people that, that are going to have to keep up with, with some of his movement, but no, uh, DTR has been pretty impressed with Tyler. He said, um, uh, this is a quote. He said, uh, he's playing really good for, for someone who came over and never played offensive line. Um, obviously he means in college because he, yeah, totally different, in, totally in different in high school. Um, but he's, uh, DTR said he, that Tyler's picking it up pretty well and he's really athletic for a big guy and can really move his feet. Well, so Tyler is going to be really good for us. So the expectation is there. And, and Tyler, I believe, did get some reps or, or did start uh, the spring showcase at mm-hmm. tackle, um, at right tackle. Now, yeah. of course, as Chip Kelly said, each and every year, there's no official depth chart out. It doesn't mean anything like 
you know, he's going to say what he's going to say. Yeah, you have to say that politically. But, and, yeah. but, it, but if you're putting guys in the position that they are, if anything, there's some curiosity there to see if it is going to work. Maybe it doesn't work out a couple months from now, but for right now, there's the possibility of seeing him as a, as a starter. And for, an off, for the offensive line, which was a position group that I considered and spoke or wrote about pretty much as a, a pretty often last year, the offensive line is a strength. The offensive line is a strength. The offensive line is a strength. Um, you had Paul Granton uh, run out, out of eligibility. You had Sean Ryan move on. You had Alec Anderson, both of them go on you know, for NFL careers now. And so now you have to replace guys on the offensive line. Again, we talked about that hockey rotation that they kind of have. So I'm kind of curious to see how things work out. I mean, for them. but you even with Coach Fry moving on. Coach Fry moving on too. That's another big one. Um, I, they did hire, or they did, he was an offensive analyst and they brought him on. I'm blanking on the name, um, but he's now the offensive line coach. They still don't have an offensive coordinator. That'll be a whole different episode. Um, yeah. So yeah, so so there's a lot of movement going on and some things we can analyze here. Um, as we get down to the, the final minutes of, of things here, um, I was just kind of curious. Um, what is the feedback you've gotten on the podcast? Have you heard from any of your uh, former teammates? Have any of your former teammates listened to the podcast or anything um, as we get ready to wrap things up here? Yeah, I mean, everybody's loving it. Like I mm-hmm. said, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for, you know, listening, sp- spreading it um, mm-hmm. and all the love. Yeah, former teammates asking to get on the pod. So hopefully in future, hey, um, for sure, we're able to, you know, have some have some former players on and get some different perspectives, mm-hmm. maybe some some looks ahead to what they're expecting in the future, you know, past experiences, all that. So mm-hmm. exciting things to come on the pod. Um, like I said, it's, it's been fun, you know, and it's exciting, something that I've been living and talking <laughs> right. about for years, yeah. you know, finally being able to talk about it for myself and, mm-hmm. you know, not my limited questions with with the reporters (laughs) no and i think that's that's the fun thing right is is you guys do have so many experiences and so many memories and you know as someone who's who's been there to watch part of your career um and some of the other reporters who you know we only get so much time with you guys you only get to see so much there's so many other stories that we don't even get we don't even know about so that's the one thing i love about this podcast and would love to definitely have some of your former teammates on to, to talk about some of their stories whether it's just you guys um, just in the locker room, what, you know, what, how you guys prepared for a game, different things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff from, from, uh, from you guys in, in the near future here, for sure. Um, I know, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson's mom, um, Melva listens to the, listen to the, the first episode and she thought it was great. A, a lot of UCLA fans have reached out to us on Twitter and, and said they've liked it. Some of them are, are disappointed. It's only 20 minutes, but you know, obviously, uh, you're getting ready for the season and, and I'm, I'm doing a whole bunch of other things as well. Uh, but uh, don't worry. Once the season gets underway, we'll probably end up having two episodes for you guys. Um, so you'll have something to listen to at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week. Um, but for, for the meantime, we're just kind of we're waiting, just like all of you guys are, for the, the next part of camp to start here as we get even closer and closer by the day to the start of the upcoming UCLA season. Uh, so with that being said, Josh, again, thank you so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you being on here as always, especially after taking the trip that you did. Um, but yeah, man, that it's, it's been a great episode three. I learned a lot. Um, I'm excited to see what, you know, guys like Darius and, and Tyler Manoa and DTR and Zach Charbonnet. Again, that's twins. Different, the twins, 
can't forget about the twins. Like I'm, there's so much to look forward to. Right. So, um, and just the defensive coaching staff, how they gel together. So, so many questions and so many things we have to figure out. It's hard to even put an expectation on this season yet. Obviously we know what the schedule is, but, um, yeah, should be fun. Looking forward to it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you guys can make sure to follow me on all social media platforms at JHW reporter, Josh, where can they find you at? Twitter underscore Woodsy underscore J Instagram Woodsy underscore J. And if you, yeah, if you guys have any feedbacks, thoughts, uh, things you think we should be talking about or that you want to know about, we'll try and best try our best to get to all of that. Just make sure you hit us up on Twitter or on Instagram. Again, this has been the believe in UCLA football podcast on the believe network. Thank you so much. Don't forget to like subscribe, download on all your favorite audio platforms and uh, come back next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.